everyone. Welcome back to Opera Offstage. I'm Jesse, And I'm Michelle. And today we are going to talk all about amateur musicianship. What it means, how to be a better amateur musician, and what you can do to support your local amateur musicians. But before we hop into that, we've got a couple of announcements. You guys, it's almost October, which means spooky yes, season yes, is just yes. around the corner. <laughs> Oh, I'm so, so excited for fall, even though fall basically doesn't exist in California, but I'm still very excited nonetheless. And we're really excited because uh, we're going to make October a little spooky at Opera Offstage. We're going to have some fun Halloween-themed episodes and uh, content. So if you are also a fan of just fall in general and pumpkins and all things spooky, we're coming your way. Let me just say... People do the thing where they're like, oh, some girls make fall and like Halloween their whole personality. Yes, correct. (laughs) It's my favorite season. We keep skeletons on our front porch year round. Correct. It's always spooky season. We're very excited. It's always spooky season. (laughs) I'm personally more of like a Christmas type person, but a Christmas hoe. I. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> uh, in your words, not mine. <laughs> no, <I'm sorry. laughs> but yes, I love Christmas. So that's my a big huzzah. But second to that would definitely be just October onward. It's really just the weekend of the year. You know what I mean? It's, it's great. Well, I love that. Yeah, it's a party. I have all good things at the end of the year. It's also our birthdays. Oh. Maybe that's why. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, our shop is live on our website. So if you guys don't already know, we have an ebook that I put blood, sweat and tears into. It's 50 pages. It's really, really, really awesome. And I'm not just saying that because I wrote it. It's actually designed to be very helpful. So if you want to check that out, you can check out our website at opera-offstage.com slash shop. How neat is that? For spooky season, you'll get an actual vial of Michelle's blood, sweat, and tears. <laughs> oh, God. No, no, I'm kidding. It's a joke. Um, uh, people are headed to the shop right now. Awesome. Yikes. <laughs> I am like zooming right now. I am like just, I don't know why. I've had coffee like two times today and I had a Kit Kat bar and I had a baby bell cheese. <laughs> Not that that gives you energy, but I'm zooming. Anyways, I'm go cheese and energy. <laughs> if you aren't already following us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter, you can find us at Opera Offstage. We're going to have a lot of content for you guys this month as always. So go check out there. We have lots of fun polls. We post different resources. We post memes. So Get on board. We'd love to have you in our community if you aren't following us already. And lastly, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts right now, stop what you're doing, swipe, and leave us a rating and review, please. It really helps us out. And our Spotify listeners, if you guys want to hit subscribe, that just allows people to find our podcast and have a good time with us. So don't forget about those rating and reviews. They really help. Absolutely. So getting into our topic you know, I don't think I really realized how how much America has an underdeveloped amateur musicianship, like, as a culture, until I went to Europe for the first time. And Michelle and I went to the same place in Europe twice, but in different years. And we traveled with our school as, like, as young student musicians to go perform with these amateur musician groups in Austria. And 
the passion and energy and community support they have for their amateur musicians is unlike anything I've ever seen. It's so true. I think there's just, I mean, we obviously all know that, you know, so much of classical music is rooted in Europe and there's just such a different culture around it and around music in general over there where there's not so much pressure to be a professional musician. It's so supported and so easy to get involved in your community and there are just so many different ways that you can pursue music outside of being a professional in Europe and it's just really wonderful and I think a lot of our American listeners will agree that music in America exists either as a hobby or a profession and we like have such a hard time seeing any sort of middle ground even though I would say the vast majority of us exist in some sort of middle ground. It's kind of funny to me that I guess I I didn't even have a concept of how much people kind of drop off and drop out of doing music once they finish like college. Mm-hmm. Like the pla- the only places I really see people performing after college are honestly churches. Yeah. Yeah. And it's such a shame because when we were in Austria and we were performing... You know, these were people who had basically been playing instruments or singing their whole life. And they just do it because they love it. Yeah. And they have community centers built around it and they do concerts all the time. And it made me so happy to see and get to perform with these people because they just have such a deep appreciation and love of music, even though they they don't want to pursue it professionally, which there's nothing wrong with that. When I say amateur musician, all I mean is someone who pursues music, but not to make money. That's that's literally all I mean. Yeah. Amateur has taken on a bad thing because people use it as a way to put people down. They're like, you're such an amateur. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that at all. It just means non-professional, really. Yes. And Jesse, why would you say just amateur musicianship in general is so important? Because pursuing music just for the pleasure of making music is the best way to make music. Amen. I, I like making money off of performing, but I don't think that there's anything about making money off perf- of performing that makes me necessarily a better musician than anybody else. It's just that I happen to pursue it in a specific way. And I think, especially now, you know, as we're, as we're all kind of in quarantine and we may be investing more in our hobbies and things, I think we have to reevaluate ourselves and how often we devalue things that we don't make money off of, you know? Mm-hmm. You don't have to make art for money. You don't have to make anything for money. You don't have to make music for money. You can just pursue things because you enjoy them. And if you're not making money off of something, it has nothing to do with how good you are at it. Because making money off of anything has a lot more to do with marketing and networking and all of this other stuff than it does with sheer talent. So it, it's silly not to pursue music for your own pleasure just because you won't make money off of it. Do it because you like it. Yeah, there's this very interesting thing where it's it's kind of like if you take on a new hobby, whatever it is, whether you embroider or you do calligraphy or literally anything, people, once they see you get to like a certain level of being decent, people are like, oh, you should you should do a side hustle. Like you should sell this or like, oh, you should keep practicing so that you can do this on the side. And I just hear that all the time about literally anything in a, any creative field. And there is so much pressure to be like all or nothing, just either super talented and selling your work or just not very good. And I just I don't understand how we've gotten to that point around the arts and around music. It's just so frustrating because it really does turn so many people off from being creative because we 
are kind of taught that we need to make money off of all of our hobbies and off of anything creative. We are just kind of taught that we should be able to sell ourselves that way when it really does create such a huge drop off with, you know, people continuing their craft. Yeah, it's this weird idea of like a return on investment. Because the fact is, like, to get good at music, you do. You invest in lessons. You spend time practicing and performing. You know, you do all this stuff. And I guess the assumption is with anything, whether it be, you know, if you were doing calligraphy or something like that, investing in pens and ink and practice books. But the idea, I guess, for a lot of people is that you have to get a return on investment. And if it's not a monetary one, it doesn't matter. But there are so many things we get out of doing music that have nothing to do with money. I mean, music... Like on just like a on a scientific level, music is great for memory. <laughs> music helps us keep and retain neural pathways in our mind. It's a huge stress reducer when you perform, especially when you perform with other people. It can help you increase your concentration. Like on on just like a mental and physiological level, there's a lot that music gives back to us when we take an extra second to to just enjoy it and enjoy making it. That has nothing to do with selling anything. And I think we forget that that you're allowed to pursue things that don't return monetary or professional development. Like, you don't have to always be working to be better at whatever it is your job is. You can also just do things that enrich your life. Absolutely. I really liked when I was kind of looking a little bit more into how music affects your memory, just as a side tangent. I found this really lovely quote from neurologist Oliver Sacks, and he says, Music evokes emotion, and emotion can bring with it memory. It brings back the feeling of life when nothing else can. And I really love that. I believe Oliver Sacks is a pioneering neurologist who works with Alzheimer's patients. And one of the things they do is they play music for them. Yeah, definitely. And it is really wonderful because I think, you know, music and tunes and songs that you love and songs that you grow up with really do stay with you and do have so much nostalgia and emotional context around them that they really do stay with you all of your life and I think that music is so integrated with life and life experience in general that we sometimes lose that perspective on what we do because we're so caught up on comparing ourselves to others who are working in music as professionals or getting bogged down with rejection or being frustrated that you know our music work doesn't necessarily pay the bills on its own and it's we we there's so much excess in pursuing music as a career that we really do often lose sight of why we love music and I think the big times that we're reminded of why we love music and why music is in us and so part of our life is when we experience droughts of or times of burnout you know where we really have to kind of take a step back and look at the big picture of why we do music in general yeah, and I, I just think that's what, at its heart, doing music is all about. It's it's about doing it because you love it. It's about doing it because it brings you and the people around you joy. I mean, music is such a great way, I think in this weird time period, once again, that we're all living through, even now, music still offers us community. I mean, not just here, with Opera Offstage and with everyone we've met through doing this, which is also a huge community we've gained through music, But music is just such a universal. I've met people all around the world doing music. And even in our hometowns, you know, music connects us with other people. It it teaches us to work together. You know, you can't be a one-man choir. And and it allows us to find people who have similar interests, who, who love the same things as we do. 
music has given me so much throughout my life and very little of it, little of it has been money. A lot of it has been friendship. Yeah. <laughs> and even now I I did some singing the other day online for some close friends of mine and they all started talking about their music and what they like to sing and they were, they don't want to sing for me because they're not musicians and <laughs> they they're afraid of singing for me, but at the same time, it offered us such a unique opportunity to talk about the things we love. And I think we forget how much music gives us in terms of, you know, in, in difficult times, in connecting with others. Absolutely. And I think the really important thing to, to remember is that music it, at the community level, music literacy only benefits us as a larger classical community and just a music community in general. I think when we pressure people to be you know, 100% in it and always perceive things as professions, we exclude so many people and therefore make our community so much less inclusive, so much more niche and not accepting when really we should be supporting those who do it just because they love to do it. Yeah. You know, don't gatekeep music. That's I mean, on the other side, for those of us who are on the more educated side of classical music, especially if somebody doesn't know everything about Bach, Mozart, Beethoven, whoever, even the simple facts, if they don't know anything, that's okay. Just be excited that people are there and interested in asking questions, even if they ask the dumb questions. We have to stop making it such a weird, a weird climb to be a part of our community. We have to stop double checking people because, you know, they say they love Kroskam. <laughs> yeah, you like Mozart? Name three of his albums. <laughs> <laughs> But really, we have to we have to start being more welcoming and more excited to share and less excited to say, well, you're not really a musician until you've played or sung or performed X piece. We just have to we have to quit that because community is one of the strongest powers of music. And if we keep doing that, we're going to be all alone. Yeah. Our community doesn't need to be smaller than it already is. Yeah, exactly. But on the other side of that, like being like I said, we see a big steep drop off in people pursuing music after about college just because it becomes less convenient to find ensembles and to find places to perform as outlets, you know, as people get into their careers. And so I just have a little bit of advice for people who are maybe looking at continuing to learn music or starting up music again after a period of time, because being an adult learner is hard. It's a, it's a little more tricky than being a student. First and foremost, if you're looking for lessons, Check out some of the music students at local universities. They're not going to have nearly the type of uh, as much experience as maybe some older teachers, but their prices will be lower because they are still students and they tend to have a lot of knowledge and they have a t you know access to resources in terms of sheet music and all of that because they have access to university libraries. It can be really, really good and really helpful. And even if you can't find one there, they can often point you to teachers in the area. Yeah, and the nice thing about this is you not only get to learn and continue to hone your skills for less, but you also are giving a wonderful learning <laughs> opportunity and experience to a young music teacher. And it's just a very good relationship to have. And even if you outgrow them, that's fine. Um, but it is a really kind of nice mutual understanding, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's mutual respect there for sure. 
And like I said, it's just a good way if you're not sure about like how much you want to be paying for lessons or how what level you want to be at. It's a great place to start. Another sneaky little thing you to know is that sometimes if you look around at like especially some of the private high schools in your area, a lot of them have after school music programs. And so they'll have the lists of teachers who teach in those programs. And that can be a great place to find like already vetted musical teachers. Yeah. So there's a sneaky secret. But I think another really big issue when you're first trying to like do stuff outside of school is finding performance opportunities. I happen to live in a city now that has a ton of performance opportunities for singers. I have a lot of friends who used to do musical theater and choir and all of that with me and now are off doing different jobs. They're teachers, they're um, accountants and things like that. And there are so many, there are actually so many local choirs. I can't even tell you. I didn't even know. I only know because I go to their performances when I can. So first of all, take a look around because you'd be shocked at how many local orchestras and choirs there are in cities. Oh, especially if you live in a major city. You know what I mean? There are so many community choirs, so many community orchestras, and so many small community ensembles, you know, that don't even necessarily charge fees to be performing with them. And what's really cool is, I mean, when, when we're talking about community level music, there's a huge range. You know what I mean? There's beginners to basically professional musicians, except for they don't, that's not their profession. And you can kind of self-assess and, and have fun where wherever it is that you feel like you land. I know in Boston, the Brookline Symphony Orchestra is practically a professional ensemble, even though it's all or mostly amateur musicians. And the work they do is incredible. And so there really is no strict level of talent or time commitment when we're talking about amateur music and community groups. I mean, there are so many community groups that are could be easily professional should they want to. Oh, yeah. And that's the thing. Like, if you're really good, if you're someone who's been playing an instrument forever and you're like, I'm not sure I'll find a group at my level, I assure you, you will. But especially, too, if you're if you're more of a person who's like, I've always casually done this. I don't know if these groups are going to be too advanced for me. Just call up whoever does the auditions or whoever is in charge and they'll tell you because they want people in the group. They want people interested in the programs. So don't be afraid to reach out to these groups and assess the level and see if it's right for you. But especially don't be scared of them. Go out there. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But it's, you know, the great thing about being an amateur musician is if it doesn't work out, you're going to be okay. (laughs) Yeah. You're going to be just fine. Yeah. And the nice thing is I feel like there's just a different kind of culture and community ensembles than professional ensembles. I feel like any professional musician will know or anyone who does more professional auditions will know that when you perhaps aren't at the level that they're looking for they kind of let you know you know what I mean like they're not necessarily always going to be super nice about it and they might just kind of cast you to the side because you're just not what they're looking for whereas in community ensembles I feel like there's such a different community where they're more looking to take in people and really foster their talent and build that level up I just feel like community groups grow so much together in the way that we don't always get in professional groups. And it's a really great place to find mentors with other amateur musicians who have maybe been performing or doing whatever it is that you do a little longer. And it's just such a good community. It's just so much fun. Oh, yeah. I mean, never real- you never realize how much you can learn from the people around you in those kinds of groups. 
But yeah, most of those programs are looking to take in as many people as possible. Yeah. I mean, most of them, once again, are, are at their heart about community and music. You know, one of the, I told you that I went to see my friends perform in a choir and turns out a couple of them were ballroom dancers. So they had this whole song and they had the two of the ballroom dancers doing a dance during it. A lot of those things are made to highlight the community and all of the talents therein. And it's really, really cool. And it, it makes me so happy when I see people continuing to pursue what they love to do. So check out, look around. But if you, if you don't find local groups, because once again, not everybody has that. The other places I would look, um, like I said earlier, churches. Churches tend to invest a lot in music. And they tend to be really fun. I've worked in a number of churches as a, as a hired singer. And I, I love a good church choir. I think those groups are so sweet. They are a lot of fun. And I would also say that even if you aren't necessarily a religious person, I wouldn't necessarily let that keep you from getting involved in church music because I think a lot of churches just put on random concerts as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? So connecting with church musicians is also a great networking opportunity if you want to just even learn about other ensembles performing around that you may not know about. Yeah. No, don't be afraid if you're not if you're not very religious or anything like that. Churches are still pretty dang welcoming and will gladly have you come in and make music with them. Another place to definitely look is if there are local community colleges, a lot of those places have groups. And a lot of them are looking for more people to perform because those groups tend to be a little smaller. So definitely also check in with the local colleges and community colleges in your area because most of them do have performance groups. And especially if you're a man, they're always, always looking for more. Men, we always need you in our ensembles. (laughs) Darn it, men. (laughs) But another option is if you're going to take lessons, if you look for instead of necessarily an individual teacher, if you look for people who work in a larger studio so they're going to have multiple students, those places tend to put on more recitals and have more ensemble performance opportunities. You may even get to do some scene stuff. That is a great place to look. Like I said, if you're looking to not just sing, uh, but also do some actual performance looking for studios and stuff like that and asking teachers when you come in like is there an opportunity to perform even just for family yeah just ask definitely and i think the other thing me once again inserting myself as a facebook mom Um, there are so (laughs) many facebook groups that you can join um just off the top of my head for los angeles singer friends la is a great one lots of people post different performance opportunities and different ensembles to be a part of and different kind of little like DIY classes people are throwing on to improve different skills. So if you're looking to get connected in your area and maybe are a little bit more shy and want to kind of scope out the scene before you, you know, go out and start talking to people, different Facebook groups are a really, really great way to find a lot of information quickly and network with people really easily. So checking out Stuff like that, you'll find out that in ensemble information and those performance opportunities very quickly. And now for some pandemic-specific advice, because some of this stuff isn't possible at the moment. Don't be afraid of taking online lessons. In fact, online lessons can be great because they can honestly be a little bit easier to handle if you're a little freaked out by working with a teacher for the first time in a long time. Yeah. But online lessons have just as much to offer. And the great thing about online lessons is if you find a teacher you like, they're never going to be inaccessible to you if you move or if you're not always going to be in the same area. So don't be afraid right now to, in this moment, if you have the time and the spare money, to start taking lessons again. Online lessons are totally legitimate and they are a great way to start getting back into music because you have more flexibility. You don't have to travel anywhere. 
and uh, you have more more options. It's not just the people who live down the street from you. So especially be looking online. I like like we said, there's tons of people offering free classes. There's also a lot of music students who are trying to make money right now. So once again. The previous advice still applies. I have close friends who are offering lessons right now who are wonderful teachers. Absolutely. And there's only about 50 million virtual choirs going on right now. So if you're looking, if you're a singer and looking to do anything like that, I mean, man, there are so many opportunities. So the other thing to think about is even if you don't want to like blast it to everyone on your Facebook, there are a lot of ways to do little online concerts for people. Even if you just use your phone. Even if you do a private group message or you use Discord or whatever service you want to use, it can be really nice just to get together with friends and make music. I think this past week, so sometimes I stream on Twitch and I have some friends on there and I decided to take a break from playing video games and I did Twitch Sings, which is like a karaoke, basically. And it went very poorly. I forget that I don't always remember like the middle part of like pop songs and things, but it was the <laughs> most fun I've had in such a long time and goofing around with friends and picking silly songs that aren't in my range and just performing and singing for people and having them sing for me and it's such a joyful experience and I know it's really really scary for a lot of people to perform for their friends especially when you don't carry that professional musician title but do it it feels so good and you your friends want to hang out with you and have a good time that's the thing that I always forget like nobody cares they're just there to have a good time and so I urge you to even if it's just for one friend or maybe like your two closest buddies just get together and and, and jam play instruments together or sing together or sing for each other. It's a really grounding and good experience in this time. And it just, it doesn't have to all be that serious. No. Even if you just do silly karaoke off of YouTube, do whatever. But really, really put yourself out there and trust that the people in your life enjoy you and enjoy supporting you. Because <laughs> we all need that in this moment. Yeah, one of my favorite things is when one a friend or somebody that I know posts that they're learning an instrument or they started taking voice lessons. And I know it's scary, but when they post videos of, you know, them saying, hey, I just started to learn the guitar. Like, I can only play a couple chords, but like, here's here's a song I learned how to play. I love that. That makes my day. It just makes me so happy to watch other people enjoying and discovering music and how fulfilling and how beautiful that is. And so I would like to any amateur musician or to anybody who's listening who maybe is just starting to get into music or has always loved music but has just not had enough time, have fun with it. Try to pick it back up again. Put stuff out there. You know, it does not have to be anything crazy like maybe some of your professional musician friends are releasing. But it's just so fun. And I can tell you that I love to see that stuff. It really just like makes my day. I want to take a second to brag. So I, my college roommate, and we lived together for all four years, bless her heart. And she's a, she's a fan of the podcast. So hi, Morgan. Hi, Morgan. But she, she, <laughs> she's a pianist and she used to come into my lessons and occasionally play for me, but that wasn't, that wasn't what she did. And it wasn't her college degree. But even then she probably knew more about symphonic music. She may still know more than symph about symphonic music than I do, to be completely fair. But she's been taking piano lessons and she texted me recently saying that her teacher had told her that she was pretty much at like 
the undergrad college level. And I couldn't be more proud because she's a busy person. All of that is to say, and she's also been posting videos of her playing, which always makes me super excited because we obviously no longer live in the same place. Um, so I'm always excited to see her perform because she used to play for us in the dorm. But we're all cheering you on. We want you here. We want you to play music. We want you to keep making music. We don't care if you're not going to be professional. It just makes us happy to see people make music and enjoy it. And so if you're if you're freaked out, you know, and you're scared of sharing that stuff, just know that, like, we're cheering you on. Yes. Which leads us to perhaps our most important point in that it's so important for those of us who are deciding to pr- pursue music as our career to support amateur musicians to support any musician every musician who is equally as talented and welcomed in the community you know that don't necessarily want to do that as their career because I especially feel in the classical music community it's either like you have the degree or you don't you've either studied with this teacher you either got accepted into this you either won this competition or you didn't and it's it's a very negative and toxic part of our community that I think we really need to always be conscious of because not only does it hurt our community as a whole and hurt just opera and classical music in general, but it's so, so distant from the probably the real reason all of us decided to do music in the first place. And I think it's so important that we never lose sight of that. That was really well said. Oh, wow. Thanks. <laughs> I'm speechless. <laughs> but yeah, we... We have to watch ourselves and we have to be better about that. And I think we have to forget, we have to like move past the part of us that is constantly in that weird competition mode. Because guess what? We're going to meet musicians who aren't going to be professional, who are better than us. And that's great. That's what we want. We want a more musically literate, like we want a world full of people who love and enjoy music because they love and enjoy it. (laughs) Yes. I I want people to invest in music and And that also comes down to us breaking down these weird barriers we built because because we're constantly protecting our very, very fragile musician egos. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And that means and that means a lot of things for us as as both amateur musicians and professional musicians. We have to support each other, which means that when people are putting on concerts or, you know, making Facebook lives or whatever, that we go in and we cheer them on and we talk to them and we compliment them. And if they want feedback, we give feedback. Read the room. Don't always give feedback. (laughs) But support the people in your life who are pursuing music. I know sometimes we're tired because we're constantly surrounded by music, but if we don't make time for it on a community level, it doesn't matter because our field will simply not exist. We will continue to be the only consumers of our art form. Yeah, that's huge in classical music. That's really one of the giant pitfalls of our community yeah and and keep supporting your friends who say like hey i was interested in pursuing music you know or i was looking for a voice teacher even if you're you don't want to be their teacher like help them find the resources point them in the right direction tell them about the first books you sang out of or whatever you learned you know whatever you used when you started your instrument Pass on those tools to those people. Like, take the extra second that when somebody says, you know, oh, I used to do music and I wish I still did, like, push them to get back into it. It can be hard for people to remind themselves that you are worthy of spending time on music. Your life doesn't always have to be focused on on this weird forward progression. You can take time and space to enjoy 
things like music. Music is a good investment in your life. And some people need to be reminded of that. People need to be reminded that even if you're no, you know, you're no Rachmaninoff, you're no great, crazy <laughs> musician, like you are worthy of playing and being a part of music. 100%. Yeah. Support your friends. And some people just need that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that there are a lot of community musicians that really, really look up to professional musicians. And I think that the way that we interact with one another is so important, um, especially on the behalf of, of musicians who are pursuing it as a career to always be kind and make just people feel included. Nothing is worse than when you talk to a professional who's super stuck up. It's just the worst feeling ever, even if you're also a professional musician. Like, those people are just so obnoxious. So really be conscious of the way that you interact with your community because they're supporting you. <laughs> and uh, you basic your career basically doesn't exist without their support. So Well, and watch what you post. Mm -hmm. It's okay to make a joke about someone who, you know, says, like, I'm the greatest singer of all time, and they're not. Like, that's one thing. But, like... Don't mock videos of amateur musicians. No. People are learning. People are putting themselves out there. There are bad videos of all of us. We all have the many, many recordings from our from our video auditions to prove it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Be kind to people. 100%. Yeah. If, like, if you see local community groups, it literally takes no effort to share that event with your friends, to repost the work of of your community musicians it literally takes no effort um so doing that where you can and helping groups out when you can you know what i mean yeah no if you can volunteer some time to come in and help out or volunteer to usher at a concert or you know if they need soloists if I, listen i know we talk about not working for free but there are things worth volunteering your time for there are times it's worth it to go in and help out these groups so not always, but but only you can use your judgment for that. If if there is an opportunity to help uplift and grow a community group, you should take it. Because like I said, this is this is how we rebuild our field. This is how we make this it, as we approach hopefully what is a new era for opera and classical music as a whole. The way we do that is by making our art form more a part of our communities on every level. And some of those communities are just going to need our help. Absolutely. 100%. We have to start treating amateur musicianship like like what it actually is, which is people who take time out of their busy, busy lives in, in all circumstances to make and enjoy and uplift music in whatever form that comes. And that is, that is something to be lauded. That is something to be praised because... For those of us who are working hard to make a career out of this, we sometimes forget what it's like for people who who work their nine to five jobs. And some of us work our nine to five jobs as well. But to then take that extra time out of their day to and, you know, part of their money to pay for lessons that they don't have to take, that they don't have to do. And so it's so inspiring to me to go and sometimes perform or watch and work with people who are amateur musicians because... It reminds me of why I fell in love with music in the first place before I decided I wanted to be a professional. It is at its core one of the most beautiful things in the world, which is just a pure love of something for the sake of doing it. And I think 
I think that's what makes our field special. I think that's what brings us back to to the height of what music making is, which is coming together with people and making something beautiful. And I think we get so obsessed with being the best, so obsessed with being successful, so obsessed with being better than we were, that we forget that if we don't have community, if we don't have people at every level coming together, then it doesn't really matter. If we're just performing for people who are just like us, what is it all for? And so for amateur musicians, keep making music, keep investing music, don't be afraid to ask questions, come to us, come to your friends, come to all those professional musicians and ask questions unabashedly because you belong here, you belong in music making. And for professional musicians, get off your high horse <laughs> and and be a part of the community and remember that that everyone was an amateur musician at the start. 100%. To anybody who considers those, themselves an amateur musician, we would love it if you sent us videos of you performing. We'll throw them up on our stories. We would love to feature you and the work that <gasps> please, you're doing. Please, please, please. So please tag us at Opera Offstage. We would love, love, love to support you. Um, we see the work that you're doing. We love the work that you're doing. And honestly, just thank you for literally being one of the purest forms of pursuing music for 100% the right reasons. So we would love to support you. Professional musicians, if you know somebody like our friend Morgan, who, you know, reminds you of just people who are pursuing music because you love it, send this episode to them, <laughs> tag <laughs> tag them for them, and we'll repost it. We would just love to to give everybody a shout out. Yeah. Anyway, we love you guys. Please reach out to us on our socials. We're always happy to hear from you. I'd also love to know a little bit more about what amateur musicianship looks like around the world. Obviously, I talked a little bit about America and Austria, but I'd love to know what it looks like in wherever you are. So you can find us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at Opera Offstage, or you can get into contact with us on our website, opera-offstage.com. We'd love to hear from you guys. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.